Welcome to the Disaster Tough Podcast, where we talk about emergency management by emergency managers. We share stories, lessons, and tips to help keep you moving forward. I am John Scardina, the host. I share my experience as a former federal emergency response official who's responded to some of the most extreme disasters over the past decade. I now lead a private emergency management firm called Doberman Emergency Management, that focuses on emergency planning, mitigation, and response. As disaster responders, we find and endorse those products that we know will help you out in the field. If you fight wildfires, hurricanes, a pandemic, any disaster in the field, at a hospital or command center, listen up. You're missing out if you do not use L3 Harris for your radio comms. They are secure, portable, mobile, and scalable, which is great news for us in the field a truly disaster-tough radio system. Check out the XL family of radios by clicking on the show notes or simply go to l3harris.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's your host, John Cardina. Merry Christmas. I hope you guys had a great Christmas this week. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, if you celebrate Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or something else, nothing at all, a Festivus for the rest of us. We're just glad that uh, you're listening to our podcast. Hey guys, so last week was a funny week. <laughs> it's what I'm calling the the Die Hard episode. is about body bags and logistics and don't do anything harmful to yourself. And this is really intense. And um, obviously, uh, we want to keep it uh, positive here. So thanks for listening in and for... Uh, taking all that data and all that information, internalizing it, and trying to do something good in the world. We've got some pretty good notes from the listeners out there in the world, so thank you for that. But this week being the Christmas week, I wanted to focus on kind of that same theme I've been doing this year, where like each of the holidays I've been talking about either like moments in history that we can learn from. You know, on July 4th, I interviewed William Jackson and talked about um, the um, assault in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq, and we talked about um, you know what U.S. forces had to do and what his role with, within that was with CBRNE, chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear, and explosives, and, and how um, he's done some really cool things with that. And then um, for October and Halloween, I gave a suggestion of how people could celebrate even with uh, quarantine, and then... Uh, the Pilgrims for um, Thanksgiving, we talked about how um, the Mayflower Compact and how uh, they had to basically come together in order to survive. So keeping on that theme and keeping on this theme that even during hard things, we can uh, find good and we can uh, come together and uh, that's what's required in order to be successful. It's required to be successful in a disaster. You have to be an excellent coordinator. And quite frankly, when we're in a pandemic, man, there's it's just been um, not the way the year should have gone. The year should have gone about uh, coming together and fighting this thing and we're all on the same team. And yet, because of politics and because of uh, differences in opinion and a lack of understanding in science and um, quite frankly evil actors who have been putting out fa- false messages and people believing those messages and us having to constantly correct that as you know um, it's just been really rough so um, 
I, I wanted to bring that all together, the very last big holiday of the year, and talk about, uh, we're going to talk about Christmas 1914, okay? So we're bringing it all together, doing hard things and overcoming those hard things. Now, as we talked about, we talked about terrorism before, we talked about community outreach, we talked about the pilgrims and their most dire situation possible, they landed in the wrong spot in the winter, the frustration was, you know, obviously had to be to the extreme, and they came up with these simple rules, and uh, I thought it wouldn't be any better than talking about uh, 1914 and uh, the moment of truce at no man's land. So if you know what I'm talking about, no man's land is referring to um, a place in Belgium during World War One. The British and the German soldiers were only 60 yards apart, okay, and uh, they were just being um, bombarded by shrapnel and by freezing rain, and uh, there was no movement on either side, and uh, it was just the worst of the worst. I mean, that war was really terrible. We learned a lot more about chemical uh, warfare and... Uh, just the atrocities with that, and, um, you know, I think from the British side alone, they lost some 880,000 people, um, and, you know, soldiers. So the war was just awful. And uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up on Christmas is because a miracle happened. The miracle of peace. And, and it really was a miracle. Um by all accounts. Now, what I would call a miracle, you might call luck or you might call something else, but in the spirit of peace, celebrating the birth of the Prince of Peace, Christ himself, and in a tumultuous year that we're dealing with, we could use some peace, right? And um, I think this story rings out like wild bells, that's a pun for you, uh, for this year and uh, what it means. Again, we talked about frustration. We talked about other things. Now we're actually talking about actual war. Okay. Two sides head to head can't move anywhere. And, um, on the, so, so that's setting the stage, right? So the German soldiers on the night of the 23rd of December, um, they went to, uh, uh, a monastery that had been bombed and um, they went there and they did a small Christmas service and then they went and they lit tannin bombs which is basically Christmas trees they, they lit a few of those and they were trying to celebrate Christmas despite war well that caught the attention of the British soldiers right they see this across 60 yards away. They're starting to see some trees being lit up um, and um, really, really uh, fascinating to them of, um, you know, this Christmas season and how to celebrate Christmas despite war. And um, two British soldiers got up despite orders, crossed no man's land, and offered a... Um, a Christmas truce that during the next couple days they they weren't going to uh, battle 
and German soldiers listened, and they got out of their bunkers. This is just wild to think about, the trenches. And they stood in this field, and they were singing. And um, at first, the, you know, a lot of British soldiers thought it was um, possibly a trick. They didn't know what was going on. And then as they, as they realized they were singing, and uh, more and more tandem bombs were being lit, these Christmas trees, they decided to come out. And for two days, these men whose guns were aimed at each other, who were trying to kill each other. Now, we're not talking about political disagreements. We're not talking about frustration. We're not ta talking about finding out those, those cells of terrorists who are just despicable. We're talking about two, two armies here, head-to-head. -head. And um, somehow these men who, who had to have seen death just rampant i mean the the british talked about how uh, their holes were just filled with rats and there was frozen corpses everywhere going to that body bag story again <laughs> let's move forward but uh you know this is the worst of the worst and i can't stress that enough and yet they came together and they celebrated this so i'm going to take a couple moments here this is taking uh this is an excerpt from walter cronkite and I believe Steve uh, Wonderly or Wonderly, who uh, wrote this, uh, wrote about this moment of truce in no man's land. Okay, so I'm just going to read it because it's it's really a, a, a powerful what what happened. So uh, here's the quote: The German army had marched across Belgium and were slowed to a stalemate at Flanders Field, some sixty meters away. The British, French, and Belgium troops languished in trenches, infested with rats and lice, pelted with freezing rain and shrapnel. Between the opposing trenches was an area about the width of a soccer field, aptly named No Man's Land, littered with barbed wire and frozen, frozen corpses. It was a sobering reminder of what the future might bring. In December, the war slowed. As they contemplated their desperate situation, nights grew long and hearts yearned for peace. On December 23rd, a group of German soldiers quietly moved to the ruins of a bombed-out monastery. There they held their Christmas service. Later that night, a few Christmas trees, tannenbaums as they were called, began to appear along the German fortification, their tiny candles flickering in the night. Across the way, British soldiers might have taken interest in those lights as they sang together the carols of their youth. Word spread and heads peeked cautiously over sandbags that now thousands of tan bombs glowing like Christmas stars. Two British officers ventured over the German line and, against orders, arraigned a Christmas truce. But the negotiations were just a formality. Up and down the trenches, men from both sides had been crossing the line to join the celebration. Lieutenant Sir Edward Hulse assaulted the enemy with music. The Germans responded, with a Christmas concert of their own. It was not long before the cold air rang with everything from God King Wenchichlas to Alid Lang Seng. For the two for the next two days <clears throat> for the next two days those tidings continued to spring from the hearts of common men. Further down the line a German violinist, framed against the skeletons of bare trees and 
brush fortifications conveying the poignant beauty of Handel's Longo. Whatever the spirit of Christmas had been before that hour, it was now, above all, the spirit of peace. A British war correspondent reported that later, the soldiers heard a clear voice singing above the French carol, O Holy Night, the singer, Victor Grandelier, of the Paris Opera. As Christmas drawed, <clears throat> as Christmas dawned over the muddy fields, both sides cautiously picked their way through the barbed wire and together buried their dead. Men who had shot at each other only days before gathered in sacred service for the fallen. Prayers were offered. Nineteen-year-old Arthur Pelgrim Byrne, who had hoped to study for the ministry of the war ended, remembered Germans formed up on one side, English on the other, the officers standing in front, every herd, every head bared. Yes, I think it was a sight no one ever will ever see again. As the Christmas of 1914 drew to a close, soldiers who had sung together, played together, and prayed together returned to their trenches. They must have felt the reluctant to let the common ground between between them become no man's land again. But even as the darkness fell around them, a lone baritone voice floated across the few yards of earth of which they stood together as one. And for a brief moment, the sound of peace was a carol of both sides knew by heart. In the true spirit of Christmas, one voice then joined another and another. Soon the whole world seemed to be singing, and for a brief moment the sound of peace was a carol every soul knew by heart. End of quote. It's a pretty long quote, but I wanted to read it because it was quite beautiful to me as I thought about 2020, about the changes that need to happen for us to come together. And I would implore you as an emergency manager, as a first responder, police, fire, EMS, if you're in the hospitals or you're some kind of healthcare worker, or if you've just been listening in because you've been interested in emergency preparedness and uh, you wanted to listen to experts, whatever your role is, I understand there's a lot of frustration in the world. But even in war, men can come out of their foxholes and they can sing the spirit of peace together. And that's what I want to leave with you all, is that during the sense of, of peace and um, during this, this time that we should be celebrating together as families, a lot of people don't have that opportunity. You'll be working, and you maybe have been working. I know there's plenty of Christmases and past where I have. And... Um, if you're if you're like me, if you're like one of those out in the field, then I hope this message helped you. Now, I want to turn my attention towards uh, the events of this week, literally yesterday. Um, been watching the news quite closely about the Nashville um, explosion, and um, my immediate first thought was, you know, active terrorism, obviously, and. Um, you heard that uh, there were shots uh, fired, uh, or at least reports of shots fired to draw police in, and so there's there's quite a bit of uh, concern there. What I'm talking about in this message 
is not to uh, remember. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about um, gratitude and how gratitude actually helps you become more aware of what's going on, um, and it's not a illusion, right? What I'm talking about, even in this world, even when we have maybe even some of you responding right now and on your break you're listening to this to try to figure out what happened, this act of terrorism, this possible act of terrorism, that we all take a huge step back and on the things that we can find peace on, we find peace. And we should definitely root out and find the bad guys and take care of that. But we don't have to hate them. Uh, I don't, I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, I'm, I'm more than happy to assist and to be part of operations that find and eliminate evil in the world. But that doesn't mean I have to hate the evil. And that doesn't mean that I have to, um, take part of that anger. Gosh, now I'm sounding like a Jedi. Um, (laughs) that was my Jedi sound. But it's, it's serious. And, um... I, I hope that this is maybe a reminder to, to somebody out there who might be getting frustrated, might be feeling all that angst and um, who's been studying this stuff as much as I have and who understands uh, terrorism, how disgusting it is um, from all levels, right? I mean, we, we know that some terrorists, um, they're, they're told by these organizations that if you go and kill yourself, that um, you know your family will be taken care of, and they usually make good on that promise. So they they go and do these things. They're just desperate, horrible, horribly stupid, desperate people. And um, that's what I'm going to think of from now on. That is one of my gifts this year for Christmas. Is I'm going to try not to hate evil people. Uh, I can feel bad for them, and I can still do everything I can to eliminate that out of my life and out of this world. But I don't have to hate them. And um, yeah, that would be my message to you too. Try to find ways to create truces. Yeah, I guess that would be the message, huh? Try to find ways to create truces in your life. Whether it's through remembering this crazy experience in 1914. Or this pandemic and the stupidity of so many people. They're not bad. They're not necessarily evil, and even if some of them are, um, we don't have to hate them. So that's my message. And if you are one of the good guys, and you've been beat up all year, and I just gave you another challenge, you're a guy or a girl out there, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm trying so hard, and you just gave me another challenge. Uh, (laughs) Don't worry about it. What I'm saying is, um, maybe we should forgive ourselves, too. I mean... Maybe we should, uh, you know, just try a little bit. Try is a, a funny word. Emergency managers and responders need to have a high tolerance for failure. We've talked about that before. And what I'm talking about is have a high tolerance for yourself as well. Um, and try to forgive yourself and try to find those internal truces as well. We've talked about that a lot this year. We've talked about that mental health uh, aspect of response. It's so important. 
And I guess that would be partial, my, another partial message here is um, try to find that internal truce. Um, I've known a lot of really, really good people um, who've, who've really struggled with some things as they've tried to deal with the emotions of response. And even, you know, all levels of uh, emergency management of just like how they cope. And I would hope that as we celebrate the Advent of the the birth of Christ, now I'm a Christian, um, I don't try to preach too much to people, but I am a Christian, and I believe in Christ. And I believe this message, this message of peace, and um, if you believe in that or you believe in something else or nothing at all, as I've said before, um, you know, that's okay. We don't have to hate each other either, right? We can find that common ground and um, celebrate together in the spirit of, of peace, the spirit of goodness. And um, that's what I would think um, a God of love would want us to do. And I think that's what humanity needs us to do, is try to find those truces and try to, try to come together here. Um, there's going to be a lot of transition here in the next several months. We're going to have uh, really cool uh, people from uh, opposing viewpoints, I think, in uh, emergency services come on here, you know, inherently as they talk about their experiences. And I'm excited to, to hear from all of them. Uh, if there is somebody that you want us to, to talk to, please reach out and let us know. I mean, um, we found this really cool guy. I'll just call him Doug for now. Um, that... Uh, he was a contact of somebody that we talked to, and he started uh, following us on Instagram, which you should be doing. That'd be a nice Christmas present to us. Finally, started following us on Instagram, Disaster Tub Podcast. But uh, yeah, when when he started following us and liking some of us and putting some um, cool comments on there, um, we asked him to come on the show, and so he's going to be coming on the show in January. And that guy's experiences are, you know, uh, phenomenal. So. He has some really good ideas based off of his comments there and as we've uh, talked with him a little bit more, and that can be you too. So if you're in emergency management or response or um, you're in healthcare and you're, you're looking at preparation, hey, follow us on the Disaster Tough podcast, send us a message, and uh, let us know because um, we love hearing from people's different experiences. Um. I wouldn't make it cheesy about some discount too for Christmas, but we kind of introduced that on Black Friday. You can you can still use it. It's called the um, it's uh, the code is Stay Tough. It's all caps, one word. So you can go on our website for that. But uh, what I want to do um, here on this last little bit uh, talking to you guys is I just want to say how grateful I am. We crossed over fifty thousand listeners just a couple days ago, and I'm blown away. We had a goal uh, in June that by the end of the year, we were going to have, um, try to see if we get 10,000 people to tune in. And uh, I'm blown away that we have uh, 50,000 verified. Now I say verified because there are so many more downloads that we get, and we can see that people are, are pinging us, and um, we, we, ch we check all that out. But we have been able to parcel that down and say 50,000 uh, people now 
Um, 87% in the United States. We have some of you in uh, Australia, and um, we have a pocket in, uh, interestingly enough, German and Germany and uh, Belgium. So reach out to you guys. I always like talking to you guys. Um, and I just, uh, I'm just blown away that um, we've had so many people tune in. We've had really great interviewees. We've had, oh man, we have a really cool one come up. This is a, this is kind of a prelude for next week, but uh, we're gonna have Todd DeVoe on here from uh, EM Weekly, uh, the EM Weekly podcast, and um, we're gonna be talking about all things 2020. And uh, I'm just really excited to talk to him. He's a really cool guy. We uh, we were on the phone a couple times recently, and. Um, already looks like, oh man, we should have recorded our conversations. It was so good. So you'll have him on here. Um, we have the White House liaison from FEMA coming on. Um, we have uh, an, USAR people. We're hoping to have uh, Joe Hernandez come back on the show. We kind of got had a hiccup last week um, because um, I was done with some family stuff. And so maybe we can get him back on here. But we just have like a huge year coming up, and uh, I'm really excited to to have you guys uh, tune in, and hopefully even more people, um, because as our community grows, we can get um, you know uh, really cool interviewers, uh, interviewees on here, and talk about their experiences. So it's going to be a great time, and I'm really looking forward to 2021. We're still going to be in a pandemic. I was just telling a couple people two or three days ago, like Christmas Eve, actually, the 24th. Um, so this day is the 26th. Uh, I sent them some data and I said, hey, you know, even with vaccines coming out, still plan for another 12 months. I know that you might be dying inside when you hear this, but plan for another 12 months. And if that vaccine comes in sooner, if things start uh, working out better, then that's great. But we're going to be talking about um, community awareness with that uh, the White House guy coming on here um, because he's going to be talking about uh, vaccinations and his opinions on uh, how that's going to roll out to the general community. So it's going to be a really good episode. Uh, but he and I have already been talking, of course, with you know my job and um, I've been helping out communities to, with contact tracing a lot lately and we've been talking about the next plan. So plan for another 12 months of pandemic and yet... I say and yet like I'm Russian. Have you ever noticed that? And yet. All right. I got to work on that. Um, Despite all of that, I still think 2020 and 2021, uh, as long as we try to find those truces, as long as we try to come together, as as long as we keep on uh, fighting false information and misinformation, both malicious and unintentional, um, I, I think we can um, we can really do great things as emergency managers. I think emergency services is uh, definitely been taking a hard look at how we conduct ourselves and um, what we need to do to to change. And those after actions are already starting to come out. We're going to kind of have an after action ish uh, with Todd Devoe next week, but um, you know we're already learning things, and you're learning things, and. Oh my gosh, you're going to look back in five years and you're going to be like, man, I'm, we're doing all these things and it all stemmed from 2020, the great pandemic of 2020. And um, it's going to make you a really, really good responder. It's going to make you really good at disaster management. 
and you're going to understand the disaster life cycle so much more because you've seen this long, uh, you know, slow onset disaster. And as the immediate onset disasters come, all of a sudden you're going to get you're going to be at a disaster one day. And when they talk about sheltering, they're not going to be talking about um, individual shelters. They're going to be talking about conjugate shelters again. They're going to be talking about um, setting up the Red Cross shelters. And you're going to have a moment. Where you might laugh to yourself, like, man, we're finally out of the pandemic, right? And it'll somehow seem easier, right? Uh, it'll still push you, and that's that's the whole point of a disaster. It's because it's a disaster, right? Um, but you're going to look back, and you're going to be um, grateful that um, you're able to deal with, you know you can deal with a multi-hazard event at the same time, right? Multi-hazard, dual threat, as we've been calling it. And be able to focus on the singularity of, um, you know, the hurricane or the tornado response or the wildfire that comes through. And you're going to be able to focus just on that. And you're going to be able to help out responders, uh, other responders um, who are coming up in the field. And you're going to be able to help out survivors. Like, there's so many good things that are going to come from this if you just keep going. And you can but you got to find those internal truces. you got to find truces with other people that maybe you haven't been getting along with. Take this spirit of Christmas with you throughout the year. Take this idea of peace that, hey, you know, chaos, you can still find peace. And I'm not talking about, like, uh, you know, zen, uh, happy-go-lucky, like, lollipops and raindrops. I'm talking about being disaster tough. Being disaster tough means being centered and being calm being collected, uh, knowing your boundaries and knowing, um, you know, when you're looking across 60 meters uh, across from the enemy and um, you know what you have to do in order to survive, right? We need to survive as a community. We need to survive as emergency managers. And so that's what my message to you guys would be. Uh, so once again, Merry Christmas, as I've been saying all, all month. Thanks for getting through that the Die Hard episode where it was death and carnage. But, um, you know, hopefully you got something out of that one. And uh, we had uh, Tim. Oh, my gosh, man. Just, man, we've had so many good lessons this year. I, just, I'm just, I am actually full of a lot of gratitude myself. So we'll talk to you guys again. Next week will be January 1st, our Friday episode. Hopefully it will be Friday, Friday, Saturday. Um, luck, most likely Friday because we're recording a little bit early with Todd. So tune in next year to the Disaster Tough Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Use that promo code on our website if you want to get something. It's Stay Tough. And, of course, follow us on Instagram at Disaster Tough Podcast. And, finally, as always, if you like this episode, if you like what we had to offer, if you, if you found something uh, valuable for yourself, Give us that five-star rating and subscribe. And very lastly, if you want to work with us, work with me and my team, the Doberman Emergency Management Group, if you need to do contract tracing, you need a hazard mitigation plan, you need an occupant emergency plan, anything out there, uh, we got it covered, and we do really great work. So send us an email at info at DobermanEMG.com. We'd love to work with you. Again, that's info at DobermanEMG.com.